Are we fully awake and ready this morning? I hope you are because I, I told the guys in the back, I said, uh, whoever's on camera this morning better be ready because it's going to be like holding on to Superman's cape. I am completely full of energy and, uh, and, and somewhat caffeinated. So you add that with some ADD and you guys are in for a very fun time. Amen? Amen. Hey, we've been in a series called Uncensored. This is the church according to the book of Acts, but what we're talking about is the church as it can and it should be. I think this is really important. I think for us right now in society, the church needs to know who they are. We need to know our identity. We need to know who we can be. We need to know who we should be, and we need to walk in it. We need to walk in it with confidence. And so uh, last week, we talked about why the church can and should live in freedom and this fierce togetherness I talked about. Where we are just where we're dissatisfied and discontent until we're together and and we receive this freedom and deliverance from the Holy Spirit, and uh, we're 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 somewhat irritated, I would say, uh, by it. And then we live in full surrender. Uh, I think a church living like we talked about last week, and if if you didn't hear that message, you can go on to YouTube and you can catch that that sermon. But today, this is going to make sense to you if you're just joining us, so don't worry about that. But a church living in this togetherness, this fierceness, this surrender, releasing freedom and deliverance that the Holy Spirit brings, a church like that should have a voice. And as I was driving in this morning... I was saying, Lord, like, what, what, what is it? Like, what are you, what is the specific thing this morning that you have for us? I mean, in general, I already knew because I'd been preparing all week. And the Lord said, uh, what are you filling your mouth with? And I was like, wow, Lord. And, and uh, I, I, I remembered back to a conversation that I was having earlier in the week. I was outside, my kids were playing. Someone drove down the street at a very high rate of speed. And we're kind of like a gang in my neighborhood. You guys, I, some, some friends and, and that live by me and know this, we're kind of like a gang outside. And uh, our kids kind of take over the street, but all the dads and, and specifically are usually out in the street. And uh, we're kind of ho- hoodish. And if you drive too fast down the street, we're just like, slow down, right? We've got the, the little plastic kids with the flags. You know, we had the whole nine cones, spike strips, and a young man drove down the street and he was driving at a high rate of speed. And I, I, I politely was, we were like, Hey, slow down. He dropped off a young female who apparently lived around the corner. He came back around the corner on purpose, drove twice the rate of speed that he did the first time. And at that time I said, with a little bit more vigor I asked him not so politely to slow down because that's what dads do he didn't like that so he had a few uh, choice words that begin with F and end with K and he pointed at me meaning you and um, I didn't like that right Uh, but the problem is is like so I'm going to so the, the pastor hat comes off and the daddy hat's on. And so I have a few choice words for this guy. They, 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 they're all repeatable. I'm I, I wouldn't like not what you think, but I, you know, 
and I and I and he's driving down the street around the corner and he's still cussing at me, staring at me. And I just simply stood in the middle of the street and I just went, Come here. Come back. One of my other neighbors said, Hey, what's going on? And you know, I hate to tell you, but the words that came out of my mouth were a reflection of where my heart was at. And it was just like, I, they just shot out of my mouth. I'm like, well, this, you know, and I had a name for this guy. Just drove down the street and he's yelling at me, this and that. And then my neighbor's like, what is your mouth filled with? And as I'm driving in this morning, this has been on my heart all week, right? I'm thinking about this, like, man, what am I declaring And the Lord said, you know, Pat, I think the problem with the church is is they're miscalculating the voice that I've given them. And the church's mouth is full, but full of their own words. And the church is choking on their own words. And Pat, I want you to know that I have given you good things courageous things, anointed things, attractive words, and bold and urgent words to speak. And there's a warning in there, and I feel like the Lord just said, you know, drew me to this scripture in Psalm 81.10. It says, for it was I, the Lord, your God, who rescued you from the land of Egypt. Open your mouth wide, and I will fill it with good things. Then my life, if I read this and I contextualize it, it, it is, God's like, Pat, it's, it's me who drew you out of being enslaved and I've delivered you and I've given you freedom. Now open your mouth wide and eat of these things, these good things. Digest them. And then he, I, I, God gives us this, the very next verse in verse 11 says, but no, my people wouldn't listen. Israel did not want me around. So I let them follow their own stubborn desires, living according to their own ideas. And this, family, is what the Lord drew me to this morning to say, church, if you want to eat your own words and fill your mouth with your own words, I'm going to allow you to move in your stubborn desires. But you're going to keep choking on your own words. And God this morning wants to release this, this word of hope, so that you and I understand the voice that we've been given and, and ultimately the voice the church has been given. But it takes us to be surrendered to the Holy Spirit, to be digesting the things of God. And so that what comes out of us is honorable. It's uplifting. It's hopeful. Today we're going to talk about three areas that I think God's given us a voice as the church. Number one, that our voice is anointed. The sound that we can and should release is anointed. That an anointed voice is an attractive voice. 
And we need to begin releasing this with bold urgency because society is waiting for us to begin to speak with the voice that we've been given. We've been in the book of Acts, obviously, and Acts 2.1. Uh, we, we read a couple of weeks ago on the day of Pentecost. It was the 50th day. The Holy Spirit shows up. 50 means deliverance and freedom. And so this morning, before we get going, I just want to pray. And I'm going to ask for deliverance and freedom this morning from us uh, maybe having mouths that are full of words other than the word of God that maybe you've been experiencing this. Maybe there's areas of your life that you just feel like, God, man, I feel like there's just, God, where's my voice? God wants you to have a voice here this morning. So, Holy Spirit, I just ask, like the day on Pentecost that you came with deliverance and freedom, God, that you would free us from anything today that makes us feel like we have to strive and we have to work and we have to uh, release our own efforts and our own efforts and our own voice. That you want to make this very simple, that you've given us a voice in the natural, but you want to add something supernatural to it. And so, Lord, just our hearts be prepared. Let our ears be prepared to hear. And ultimately, that we would be able to respond to you this morning so that we can walk in what you've created us to walk in, that I believe you've created the church to walk in, to have a powerful voice. In Jesus' name, amen. So we have in Acts 2.1, on the day of Pentecost, it says that they were all gathered together. There's 120 of them, and they're waiting in this room. The Holy Spirit shows up, it says, like, with tongues of fire. And so what's, what's really fascinating, I'm going I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to give some teach kind of elements this morning. Uh, the Holy Spirit shows up with tongues of fire and gives them another language. And so it says in verse 5, it says, or in verse four, I'm sorry, it says, and everyone present was filled or impregnated, saturated, this word, they were imbued with the Holy Spirit. And they began speaking in other languages. The Holy Spirit gave them this ability. Now that's a really key part of what we're gonna talk about as the Holy Spirit gave them the ability. Where did the ability for them to speak come from? The Holy Spirit. Where should the ability for the church to speak therefore come from? The Holy Spirit. Not my opinion. Not your political bent. Not your upbringing. Not your version of how Scripture should be interpreted after you've redacted the parts that you don't like. But we've been given a voice to speak as the Holy Spirit has given us the ability. And we need to leave that uncensored, right? And in verse 5, at the time there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. And when they heard the loud noise, everyone came running. Now I want to stop for a second and tell you, at the time there were devout Jews living in Jerusalem, what was happening? This was the festival of Pentecost. 
So there were about 30,000 Jews living in Jerusalem, and and the population would swell to about 100,000 Jews at the time. Why? Because Jews were coming from all over the area, all these different regions, different nations, and we're about to figure out what nations they came from, and they were devout Jews. This word devout means that they they were very rigorous, they were pious, they were very perfected in their Judaism. They understood Jewish culture, they would understand understand scripture if 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 I spoke to them as, as we're going to see later on in Acts if I if I were to speak to these devout 100,000 Jews they would understand the words I was saying if I was utilizing words from what we call the Old Testament okay but it's the Old Testament to us but to them it was just any that that's all they had the New Testament hadn't been written yet let's let, like I want you to put yourself in their position these 100,000 Jews who heard the 120 speaking in what we would call other tongues did not have the New Testament yet. They didn't know the end. They hadn't heard all these stories, right? They were living the story. All they had was the Torah. They had the law. They had the Old Testament, okay? So you have 100,000 of them, and out of 100,000 of them, it says, when they heard the loud noise, everyone came running. That's a lot of people. Now, I can't find anywhere in, in all the studies that I did how many people actually ended up coming and running. But all I know is 120 released a sound and it said everyone came running. And there's approximately 120, I mean 100,000 that were in the region of Jerusalem, okay? You with me? It says, and they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by believers. Now, they heard their own languages. What languages would they have heard? So they're coming, they're Jewish in culture, but they're different nationalities, okay? So let's say I'm a Christian who speaks Christian language. I'm a, I'm a Jew who, who understands the Hebrew, but I'm Arab, I'm Cretan, I'm from, I'm from Crete, I'm Mediterranean, Greek descent. All different types of languages nationally, but they're all in one place because of their Judaism. Are, are you following me? So 120, because of the ability of the Holy Spirit, they start speaking, and out of the 100,000, they begin hearing their own national languages. You begin hearing English. You begin hearing Spanish. You begin hearing Tagalog. You begin hearing, you know, Mandarin. You begin, you begin hearing the language that you speak, and you're going, hold on a second. So listen to what happens. This is fascinating. It says, they were completely amazed. How can this be, they exclaimed. These people are from Galilee, and yet we hear them speaking in our own native languages. Here we are. Parthians, Medes, Elamites, people from Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, uh, the province of Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, uh, all the areas of Libya, Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. I mean, that, I mean the, the national, the diversity that is in Jerusalem at this time is beautiful. When you hear about later on in scripture, every tribe, tongue, and nation, this is, this is a picture, this is this foreshadowing picture of what's going to happen when Jesus returns. He's like, I'm releasing my spirit now to speak uh, uh, in a relevant way 
to every tribe, tongue, and nation. It's for all people, not some people, all people. And it says, And we all hear these people speaking our own languages about the wonderful things God has done. The Holy Spirit shows up and immediately begins to bear witness to the worth of God's wonder to every single person. Holy Spirit shows up and through the 120 immediately begins to show the worth that we should be giving God because of the wonderful things that he's done. It says, they stood amazed and perplexed. Luke, the writer of this, he says it again. He already said they were amazed, that they were, but he says it again. They were amazed and perplexed. What can this mean, they asked each other. The people were amazed by what they were hearing, but they were also amazed by how they were hearing it. They said, hey, these people are from Galilee. How is this person from Galilee who can't speak my native tongue as an Arab speak perfectly with perfect intonation in the language of my nation? It was clear. It was like, it, so it wasn't just what, it was the how. It was personal and it was directly to them. But others in the crowd ridiculed them, saying, they're just drunk, that's all. I love it. <laughs> that sounds like, isn't that a little bit like culture today? If you say anything that's out of line of the norm, they're like, they're just drunk. It's just a conspiracy theory. Just, all right. <laughs> Acts 2.14. Then Peter stepped forward with the 11 other apostles, and he shouted to the crowd, listen carefully, all of you, fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem, Make no mistake about this. These people are not drunk, as some of you are assuming. Nine o'clock in the morning is much too early for that. Okay, so it's 9 a.m., 120. Start speaking, and, and he's like, yeah, you're all drunk. And he's like, it's 9 a.m. You know, no one in the scripture said it's five o'clock somewhere. Okay. No, what you see was predicted long ago by the prophet Joel. And next week, we're going to jump into what it is that prophet Joel said, and we're going to get more into that. But everything Luke has now given historical account for, everything is evidence that the church has a voice that should be releasing anointed sounds, attractive sounds, and bold and urgent sounds. Number one, the church canon should release an anointed sound. It says, at the time the devout Jews were in the nation, uh, they were in Jerusalem, and it said they heard a loud noise. The word loud noise, what was this loud noise? The word loud noise is speech of a language, tone, uh, a tongue, or a voice. So at the time, what, what happened? These 100,000 people through 120 hear a voice. And this voice speaks to them directly. The loud noise was derived from a combination of two sounds, though. This is what, this is what this voice that the 100,000 was hearing was derived from. First, the sound of the Holy Spirit. And where do we see evidence of this? It says in Acts 2.2, suddenly there was a sound from heaven 
it says that it was like roaring of a mighty windstorm. So you have the Holy Spirit comes with the sound of a windstorm. This is the sound of the Holy Spirit coming into this, this house that the 120 were waiting. It says, and, and then in verse 3, it says, Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on them. The voice of the Holy Spirit in the sound of a mighty windstorm in the physical form of flames like tongues is the first part of this combination of the sound that the 120 were releasing. The second part is the sound of the 120 that were surrendered and saturated followers. Go back to last week. They were 120. They were sitting there that were like, hey, we're surrendered and we're, we're, we're being permeated, imbued, saturated, <laughs> pickled, <laughs> marinated <laughs> by, by the Spirit of God. Okay? And we read that in verse 4. And it says, and everyone present was filled, this word, wholly taken possession of, with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages. The Holy Spirit gave them this ability. So the sound of the Holy Spirit in the physical form of flames like tongues rested on the 120, who then began to release a sound with their own voices. This was the anointed first cry of the newborn baby church. There is something powerful about the release of a first sound. It says, I'm here. It says, I'm, I'm present. I'm alive. It says that the breath of God is in me. My lungs are full. And this newborn baby which I've experienced seven times in my life watching these little ones born. They release this sound. And there's something fascinating that when that happens, that your voice, I want you to know this this morning, your voice is like a thumbprint. Your voice resonates and has a tone, has a timbre that no other voice has. And the day that you were born, you released a sound just like the first cry of this newborn church. You released a sound into the atmosphere that shifted all of creation because that sound had never been heard for, had been heard before. Think about this. You need to know the importance of the voice that God has given you and the uniqueness. And the church, this, this is something very powerful that's happening because the church is saying, hey, we're releasing our voice, the first cry as a newborn baby. Here we are. And it wasn't just any voice. It was an anointed voice. It wasn't just any cry. The best way to describe this is like... Uh, there's a story about the Israelites coming into the promised land and they march around this city called Jericho. And for seven days, they march around it in silence. Then on the last day, they make a bunch of noise. Here's what's crazy. That noise resonated with the anointing of the Holy Spirit, the anointing of God on it, and caused the walls of a city that was fortified to crumble to the ground. 
and provided freedom and deliverance for the nation of Israel. But the sound in of itself wasn't what did it. Because if I put people around this building and just have them shout, it doesn't mean that the walls are going to come down. It was, it was the power that God brought on their, on their voices. So this is the best way I've ever heard this described to me. There's a guy named Chris Valton that I think does a brilliant job of describing what anointing is on your voice. Let's call our voice a color. Some of you might have heard this before. If your voice is blue... God has given you something to say in the natural that you have a voice and you start speaking and blue is coming out of your mouth. But under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit's voice is red. And as you're speaking and you're just in the natural, you're just like, hey, I'm just going to say this thing. And, And you're releasing blue. The Holy Spirit on it is red. But what people are perceiving is purple. That what happened was 120 in the room began releasing blue. And the Holy Spirit on their tongues was red. And the people were perceiving purple, which was their own language. That the sound at the time of Jericho was just a natural sound. But was impregnated with all of heaven. And when they released the sound under the command that God had given them, freedom and deliverance came. That God has for you this morning a reality that he wants your natural voice to be utilized, to be released into circumstances, into environments, and into atmospheres. That you walk into your workplace and you're like, wow, the vibe in here is really weird. I don't know what's going on. And God says, you know what? I want you to begin to release your natural voice. And I'm going to put some red on it. And purple is going to break out. And we walk in and we think, we, we think it's our problem. We walk in and we're like, wow, the vibes are weird in here. And we, this is what the enemy does. He wants to fill your mouth with all kinds of stuff. You, you may start coming into agreement and go, man, I walked into work. The vibes were weird in here. And then you start thinking like, what did I do wrong? Is it me? Someone says something to you and you're like, uh, you get triggered by something someone says. Let me tell you something. You're in the midst of a spiritual war. And what you're perceiving is not your own to wear. And we have to know our voice. You know this kid driving down the street who's cussing me out? Man, I blew it. This was a spiritual interaction. And this kid comes at me, and I just released all of natural voice. It was all Pat. Right? There was no heaven being called down to earth on that. There, 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 there was no, I mean, I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm literally like, I'm going to give this kid hell. And if he would have come back... This is where we stand. We get defensive. And the only reason that you get defensive is because you don't know who you are. Because I don't have to defend what Jesus Christ has already defended. Come on. on. 
The church, church doesn't have to stand up and defend itself. I have all of heaven. I literally have all of heaven, all of the heavenly hosts. I have Jesus Christ. I have the power of the Holy Spirit defending. But I need to stand up and I need to defend myself. <laughs> I'm not moving in anointing then. This is what I've learned in life. An anointed voice has a message that delivers rather than merely delivering a message. You want me to say that a different way? Um, We can continue speaking and have a voice without anointing and it can deliver a message, but it won't have a message that delivers freedom and deliverance. You want me to say that again? An anointed voice has a message that delivers. It brings transformation through revelation because the power of God is on it. And sometimes we get too caught up in delivering the message rather than having the message that delivers. Have you ever had a conversation with somebody and they're like, well, I'm just being honest with you. I'm like, your honesty isn't delivering. You can be honest with no anointing. If you want to be right, keep talking. I, nowhere in the Bible does it say argue until everyone understands that you're right. Nowhere. I'm just going to speak to you and, and just rely on the anointing. I'm sorry, I'm preaching this morning. Number two, the church can and should release an attractive sound. You know why? Because an anointed voice is an attractive voice. I'll say that again. An anointed sound is an attractive sound. An anointed voice is an attractive voice. <laughs> like, no one listens to me. Hmm. You sound like nails on a chalkboard. But you, you just keep, you keep doing you. You're right. <laughs> Holy Spirit's anointing on the 120 voices is what, is what attracted the crowd. It says everyone came running. Anointing will attract everyone, even those who will ridicule you. This is important for us to understand as the church. This is important for you to understand. It says others in the crowd ridiculed them saying they're just drunk, that's all. Here's my warning, flashing red lights, flashing red lights. Agreement is not the measuring tool for God's anointing on you. Let me say it to the side of the room. Agreement is not the measuring tool for God's anointing on your voice. You're like, oh, I said this thing and I had people ridicule me and they don't agree. Amen, praise God, that's biblical. <laughs> Yeah, you know why? Because you're, it's not what you're saying. It's that purple is hitting them. It's the, it's the red on your blue. And they're going, oh, that kind of disturbs something in here. And I'm like, but I didn't really hardly. Like, you don't have to shout. You don't have to say anything. You're just like, oh, I just said this thing. I don't know what happened. And people are like, I don't like you. Stop talking. Right? 
Something happens when the powerful truth and the conviction of the Holy Spirit hits your heart. You're like, ah, so agreement is not the measuring tool for anointing. I'm not saying the church should be disagreeable. What I'm saying is we should not say, uh, five people disagreed with me. We need to, we need to change the gospel. Anointing gives this, I'm going to use this word, a friend of mine uses this word, I love it. Anointing gives a supernatural edge to a natural sound. Good friend of mine, Craig, he's a, he's a, he's a worshiper. Him and I met each other's lead in worship over a number of years. And him and I talk about this edge that an anointing brings. Anointing gives a supernatural edge to a natural sound. So check this out. 120 anointed voices cut through. Think about this. There's 100,000 Jews in Jerusalem at the time. Think about how, just think about the noise, the ambient noise. Just think about life was going on. People eating and laughing and walking and talking and shout, all this noise going on. You know, when the Holy Spirit showed up to the 120 in the room, it's not like 100,000 people stopped talking for a second. The noise was going on and 120 voices were able to cut through the noise of 100,000. Why? Because they had an edge on their voice. What was the edge? It was the anointing. Where did the anointing come from? Listen to what were they releasing? They said, we understood what they were saying. They were talking about what? The wonderful things God has done. Can I tell you something? That if you want to, right now, basics, if you want to start releasing the anointed sound of God through your mouth, start releasing things about the wonderful things God has done. You know what that is? Praise. You know what it is? worship. You know what worship is? The giving of worth, attention, and affection. Praise. Saying, God, you are. They began releasing. There's this anointing and this edge that they had. So if you just like real basic, just begin to say, God, you are. Start talking about his nature. Start talking about his, you walk into a, you're like, gosh, I don't know what's going on. The vibe's weird at work. The vibe's weird in this place. Begin talking about the nature of God in the midst of that. God, you're my strong tower. God, you're my refuge. God, you're my strength. God, you're my provider. God, you're my healer. Come on. There is an edge that we've been given as a church, an anointing when we begin releasing a sound about the wonderful things that God has done. I love Luke as he writes this book in Acts. He says, um, we need to seek anointing rather than attention to be attractive. And so many of us, we, we seek attention. We are running around like spiritual peacocks. Right? fluff my big tail feathers, big spiritual tail feathers and get attention to make myself attractive. 
Nowhere in scripture did Jesus do that. You know what Jesus did? You know why Jesus was so attractive? No, you, you know, you, you had people coming to him, crawling to him in crowds, crowds following him. Why was he so attractive? It was because he actually just wanted to seek after one thing, the anointing that the Father had given him. And if we want to seek the anointing, we need to declare the wonders of God. And the declaration of wonders, guess what they do? Reproduce wonder. Great word this morning, Adria. She had no idea this was part of my message. But I want you to know something. God wants us to begin to release the things of wonder of his character because it reproduces wonder. How do I know this? Check this out. When they heard the loud noise, what was the loud noise? The sound of 120 voices under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Everyone came running and they were bewildered. You know what the word bewildered means? To be filled with wonder. That's verse six. The very next verse, Luke, the author of this book, says it again. Anytime you see something said like twice in a row, you should pay attention. Okay? Verse six. Everyone came running. They were bewildered. They were what? They were caused to wonder. They were filled with wonder. Uh, And then he says it again, verse 7. They were completely amazed. What does that mean? To be filled with wonder, to be caused to wonder. What is it saying? That if we begin to walk in the anointing we have and talk about the wonderful things that God has done, all of a sudden, the people that are walking around all grumpy and they hate people, I'm angry. I'm just mad. And I, and I, and I would rather tell you where you should go with the, with the number one sign, you know? What would have happened if I'd have been declaring the wonderful things that God had done to this young man driving through my neighborhood that I wanted to have a polite conversation with what would have happened (laughs) when you begin to release wonder it reproduces wonder I love this statement words create worlds anointed words then create attractive worlds We need to step back in. And there's a personal responsibility of us releasing anointed words. And the world is urgently waiting. I believe this. I believe there are people that are brokenhearted that are waiting for you and I to step up and begin to release anointed, attractive words because of that anointing that reproduces wonder and awe of who God is. And lastly, Peter shows us this. He speaks urgently to bring clarity to the crowd. I'm gonna read the message translation of what I read in the beginning here. Verse 14, that's when Peter stood up. And I love this. It says, backed by the other 11. And he spoke out with bold urgency. Who's backed by the other 11. That backed by the other 11, what this means is there was a togetherness, the same togetherness that we see in the beginning of Acts 2, that they, were, they, they weren't just merely standing there when he stood up, but they, it's like they were like a, like a gang mentality. 
like our hearts are woven together. We are after the same thing and they backed him. And I want you to know something. Some of you are afraid to stand up and use your voice because you feel like you're standing out all on your own in the middle of nowhere. And you have to know you have all of heaven backing you. You have to know that you have the church. When the church is operating as we can and we should, I wanna give you, I want you to have inspiration buried in you. And I want you to, to have the encouragement to begin to just walk in very plain ways like Peter did. It doesn't have, you don't have to start memorizing scripture and speaking it up. You can, just simply say, hey, can I, can, I, can I tell you something this morning? See, it seems like you just need to know this morning that you have a voice. That maybe someone in work, someone at home, someone that you run across does not need to be told the obvious. They need us to, to literally begin pouring this fertile, empowered word of encouragement into their life. And let the Holy Spirit do what the Holy Spirit's gonna do. But we, we have to stand up like Peter. Would you join me in standing this morning? have a role to play in the sound that the church can and should be releasing. I want you to know this this morning. You have a role to play. When we talk about the church releasing a sound with its voice, I don't want you to think about a building. I don't want you to think about a, a, a brand. I don't want you to think about like, oh, well, this church or that or the movement church. No, the church, you. Peter took it personal that I need to stand up. And here's the, here's the crazy thing about Peter. Anybody who knows the story about Peter, if you don't, I'm just gonna real quickly tell you something about Peter. This guy was a massive failure in the eyes of the world. You know when Jesus was murdered? Like not too, not too long after Jesus like this happened. He's standing up preaching what would be, this is, we're gonna go into more. The first sermon ever preached by the church. But just before this, he denies Jesus three times. Same guy, same voice. Here's the difference. His voice now has the power of the Holy Spirit laying on it and moving in it. And he has this courage he has the backing of other people. He has a community. And I want to tell you this morning, you have a role to play. There are Peters here in this room that you need to know that you might've made massive failures. You might've been like me standing in the middle of the street this week, saying things you shouldn't have said with a heart attitude that you shouldn't have. Maybe driving here, you said some things that you shouldn't have said. I don't know what's going on, but God wants us to fill our mouths with his good things. And it says, if we open our mouths wide, and so it's up to us this morning. Church, if we will open our mouths wide to let him fill us with the wonders and the beautiful things that he has done. And if we can just digest that and begin releasing that, I'm telling you, what would the world look like around us? 
what would the church be? I am determined that we will be a voice as a church that you, as we come alongside and we say, hey, let's encourage one another, that we will have a voice anointed and led by the Holy Spirit. Attractive because of that anointing. And we would speak with bold urgency. There are people right now, you need to hear this, I need to hear this. There are people around you that need to hear this. They need to hear the anointed and powerful, the wonderful things that God has done. It's too easy to pick the low-lying fruit and talk about the crap that's going on around us. It's easy to smell the crap. It's easy to point that out. Are you with me? I'm just, can I be real? Like that's the obvious. It doesn't, take, it doesn't take any hard work to do that. It's up to us to say, Holy Spirit, come and fill our mouths. Let's pray. This morning, God, I pray for the release of your voice here, a release of your voice on ours. God, that we would have a willingness just in this surrender, we would have a willingness. And if this is you this morning, if you're saying, if you personally this morning are saying, I, I have been struggling to find my voice. You've been striving. You've been, you've been trying to communicate. I feel like some of you have been trying to communicate in situations. You've been trying to get your quote unquote point across and you've been struggling to do this. And as you do it, it just seems like the hole just <laughs> starts getting deeper and it just makes it worse. You're like, Lord, I'm trying, I'm, I'm being gentle. I'm trying to explain my side. I just don't know what's going on. I'm just saying this morning, God wants you to just take a step back and he wants you to know there's an anointing that he wants to place on your voice here this morning. He may have you say something that you're like, that, that makes no sense. Why would I say that? If you're struggling here this morning with that, would you just raise your hand really quick if you feel like that? Amen, amen. So Father, I'm just gonna pray for those individuals right now. Lord, um, Lord, just the surrender to say, um, God, I'm gonna be patient. And I, I just wanna speak what you wanna speak. I wanna say what you wanna say with the tone that you wanna say it in. The way that you wanna say it. With the heart posture that you want me to say it from. Yeah. For the rest of us, as we Get ready to walk out of here today. We're gonna to walk into our weeks and here's what I know. We're gonna walk out into the midst of 100,000 other voices and noises and God has given all of us an anointed, attractive, bold, urgent sound to release that will cut through the white noise, cut through the chatter. 
that what God wants you to release, it's so different than what the world presents. It's so different than what we're hearing right now. It's so different that's what's on the airwaves. It's so different that what radio is, primetime media is playing. It's so, di- it's, it's so different. It's gonna strike a different chord because it's gonna have the anointing. It's gonna have the attractive anointing of the Holy Spirit. God, that we would be a church that walks in this, that our mouths would be full of the good things that you've done. that we would be marked by this. Yeah, there would be business opportunities in the room where people that own businesses uh, would begin to walk in this. And as they begin to release um, language to people, um, as you talk to clients, is there any business owners in the room? I'm gonna do this for a second. Do you guys, are you guys doing okay? Okay, listen, I'm gonna be really, delicate with this moment. Here's why. If, if you want to go or need to go, go for it. I'm not going to be disturbed by it, but I feel like there's some specific things that I need to release in the room. So I'm going to do it because I need to be obedient. Um, but I don't want to hold anyone up. Okay. So if you're like, great message, I'm churched out, high five, go with the anointing of God. But this morning, if you're a business owner in the room, could you raise your hand? Feel free and leave. I'm not, I won't be offended. Um, Listen, if you're a business owner, I feel like what God is saying to you is he wants to give you strategies that are, are rooted out of anointing and he's gonna give you words to say and things to say they are gonna close deals and gonna give you the ability to bring resource, literal financial resource to your business supernaturally um, because of your obedience that you're gonna speak with an anointing because that anointing on your business dealings is what gets attractive. People will do business with you not because you're the slick guy, because you get the most attention, you have the nicest business card, that the best marketing for you as a kingdom-minded business owner is that you would walk with the power of the Holy Spirit, that when you speak in the natural, the things that you're saying are going to be seemingly almost the same in the natural as what your competitors are saying, but people will want to do business with you and they won't even know why. It's because they're gonna, they're gonna sense there's gonna be an attraction and they're gonna, they're gonna know there's a bold urgency that there's something that they wanna do business with you because of. And it actually has nothing to do with a transaction that you as a business owner, God does not have you in business for transaction. He has you in business so through the transaction, he can help you lead people through transformation. That your clients and customers that you're doing business with, even the executives that are sitting in E-suite levels, they, they're after something right now. And when they do business with you, you're gonna begin speaking to them in very plain terms. And God's gonna give you very specific things, I believe, words of encouragement and specific knowledge into what's going on even behind the scenes. And they're gonna be so mind blown that you have knowledge of this that they're gonna wanna sit and they're gonna wanna talk with you. But abundance is going to be transferred from those who are holding it into your hands because of your obedience. And it doesn't stop there. I believe as a business owner, God is also calling you to begin to release those finances back into the kingdom and not to hoard it and hold on to it to yourself. And that anointing that he's given you is for a purpose and it's for a reason. And there's young people around you perhaps that need to see this modeled because we need to be generational. We need, listen, we need to be generational in this. God has you building a business, not for yourself so you can drive the, the fancy car, or live in the fancy, go for it if you want to. But I'm telling you, God has you doing this for a bigger purpose and reason. And he wants you to do something with legacy in mind. 
Some of you fully understand what I'm saying. I'm gonna speak to creatives in the room. If you're an artist right now, I wanna speak to you. Um, Dom, for you specifically, bro. The anointing, the thing that you're after, that God has had in your heart for so long as a creative and an artist, that you have felt like, gosh, I'm, I'm trying to make this thing happen, that God is calling you to a place of quiet before him because there's an anointing on your creativity. Dude, there is an anointing on the creative hand and heart that God has given you. God, it's like a light switch. He's saying, Dom, I'm ready to flip on the switch. And I want you to know something, that it's gonna take courage because the crowd is gonna wanna ridicule you. But what I'm asking from you is don't try to sound like and look like what everyone else is trying to do. I want you to sound and look like the Dom that I created you to be. And would you just walk with the timber and tone of the voice that I've given you? Would you be submitted and surrendered? And when you begin to do that, you're gonna begin to see reproductive power come through your creativity and your art, and you're gonna see it happen in the natural in your life. Do you understand that? Amen, amen. Are there any other artists in the room, creatives? Hey, I just wanna pray for you. If you're an artist or creative, I just, uh, I feel like a lot of what I just said to Dom is, is probably very similar for you, okay? I feel like the Lord wants to give voice to what it is that you're saying because I think what you're able to do as a creative and an artist is to uh, share a narrative of the good things that God has done in a way that's appealing to the senses. Like literally, you'll be able to look at a, at a film, you're able to hear a song, see a painting, look at a photo, and there's a narrative that's being told. And God's creation and the things that he has for the world can be told through this creativity and this art. And so I just think for all of you who are creative and you're artists, keep doing your thing. But I, I, I really get a strong sense God is saying, would you be willing to walk with me for a little bit and test this theory of anointing rather than attention? Don't do the artistic thing thinking it's gonna get you the attention so that you become attractive. I want you to walk with anointing. And if it may not make sense. There, there, there are independent, some of you as artists, you have independent, uh, this is the word that I get, independent projects. Literally, like God is telling you, I, you have a vision to uh, create a project that tells the story and you've been thinking about it and God wants you to begin to walk in that and release it today because you have a story to tell. Steph, you have a story to tell. I have to tell you this. I have avoided saying this to you personally, but God has given you the most fantastic narrative to tell through photography and film. And the things that you've been walking through, that you've seen, there's a narrative that he wants you to tell. You've been thinking about this, right? And it's not gonna quote unquote, it's not a client. It's not gonna make you money. But God said, I, I want you to do this because it's an anointing that I have. And I'm gonna take care because I am God, your provider. I am going to like, you're gonna be okay. But the more important thing is the narrative that you're telling is going to reach people that are heartbroken. And your story, listen, if you have a story, if you've overcome something, you become the expert and the one who can now speak into that area. 
So there's things that you've walked through and experienced in your life, kiddo, and God's saying, today I've given you the artistic eye and mind and heart to say I'm not willing to go along with everyone else. Like, you fight for it. If, if 99 people are going one way, Steph, you're going to like go, oh, I'm going to go over here, right? God is asking you to step out with courage now. And the project that you've been thinking about, he said, I, I want you to know. In this moment right now, I want you to know I see it, I hear it, and I'm blessing it. I'm blessing it. It is time for you to begin walking in this. All the stuff you're longing for, I've given you. It's a matter of time. But I need you to walk in my anointing right now. Amen? You guys having a good time? Man. Let's pray. Listen, if you need prayer this morning, don't leave this place without it. The power of God. Man. There's so much for us. Father, anoint our voices. Make the sound that we release laden with power and freedom and deliverance on every front. As mothers, as fathers, as sons, as daughters, as friends, every single one of those platforms that you've put us on, you've given us the ability to stand with anointing that's, that has an attraction but give us a bold urgency to speak because people need freedom and deliverance. They need the encouragement. In Jesus' powerful name, everyone said amen and amen.